Shell Shock Part 2, Copyright Serenia Murthy. When feeding time was over, we just lay back and shot the breeze. Stevie started telling us about June, the sole casualty of the bombing. They had had an argument just before the fatal event. Mr. Jackson had been really torn up about the loss of June, and Stevie felt guilty, even though she hadn't caused it. Was June a mean boss? I asked. As usual, both girls seemed taken aback by my bluntness. Stevie betrayed a certain reluctance to speak ill of the dead. Not mean exactly, she reflected. I just felt like I could never measure up. I rolled my eyes. I know what that's like. I can't put my finger on it, Stevie complained. It's like I was playing gear, playing Greer Kadetsky to her faith Frank, I asked. The girls stared at me. Did I get the reference wrong? I asked, because it wouldn't be the first time. Well, listen to this one, Stevie sounded impressed. You actually read The Female Persuasion? Allie's mouth hung open. I shrugged. Wallitzer's kind of the it girl on the literary scene, I said. You have to keep up if you're going to be the arts critic for the Monroe Gazette. Arts critic? Stevie raised her eyebrows. Since when? The semester. Wow, Stevie looked impressed. Since we're on the subject, I stretched myself out and looked up at the ceiling because we were treading on delicate ground here. Did that kind of thing ever happen to you guys at college? They were silent. Once or twice, Stevie finally admitted. I don't talk about it much. Same, Ali said. That really sucks, I said. Did you tell anyone? Yeah, my RA handled it, Stevie said. Guy was reprimanded. He disappeared. For a while. I looked at Ali. She took her time before answering. I didn't want to make a big thing about it, she said. I started going out in groups instead and discovered that there was safety in numbers. I don't know what to say, I said after a pause. Jason, the fact that you're even asking is a huge first step, Stevie declared. It wasn't the time to commend me, especially when I didn't have anything resembling a solution for them. I looked away. What about you? Stevie asked. I haven't, har- I haven't harassed anybody, I said. She couldn't punch me with her arms, so she did it with her eyes instead. Don't be a dummy. I mean, what's the high school scene like? She asked. Well, this isn't going to be anyone's favorite opinion, but it's been my experience that authority figures generally believe the girl, I said. The girl gets the benefit of the doubt. Really? Stevie was skeptic. If you're talking about us, you have to admit it makes perfect sense, Ali said. We all burst out laughing. Not in the family, I protested. I mean, I know when they're busting my chops and vice versa. I mean other girls, girls to whom I'm not related. Wait, are you talking about Piper? Stevie asked in disbelief. I shrugged, among others. So that whole thing at the hotel wasn't what it looked like. So why didn't you? Because I know what it looked like. Stevie sat up in bed. Jason, what are you talking about? Allie's eyes were wide. So I had to tell them the whole story. They were considerably freaked out. Allie, of course, insisted that I level with mom and dad, and Stevie backed her up at first. I can't believe you would keep something this huge from the parents, she exclaimed. I was not going to risk the humiliation of being disbelieved, I retorted. You know whose story sounded more compelling. You have to tell them now, Stevie commanded. I shook my head. I'm not dredging that up, I said. It's ancient history, upward and onward. Stevie and Allie looked at each other, then at me, then at each other again. I raised my eyebrows at them. I guess you have a point, Stevie conceded. People always believe the girl, I confirmed. September 8th, 2018. Stevie has been discharged. She is back home now. 
I'm really happy. The parents want her to take it easy for a little while, but she wants to go straight back to work. If you think about it, they really have no one to blame but themselves. Someone who does not seem capable of moving on is Mr. Jackson. He came over here to confer with mom and dad. He left Stevie alone, thank goodness. He was all mopey, not like his usual sardonic self. Stevie says he's known June ages and is sad at her passing. We are attending the funeral tomorrow. I had to get my suit pressed. Now who's depressed? September 10th, 2018. We went to the funeral. I don't like funerals. They remind me of grandpa. I inevitably get in a sucky mood and wind up in a blue funk for days. But I can't talk to any about it lest they get distracted, momentarily take their eyes off the prize, and then claim that the ensuing and then claim that the ensuing destruction of humanity was somehow my fault for having emotions. So I texted Lionel. I mean, he's an accountant. The worst that can happen when he gets distracted is the wrong movie wins best picture. I was more worried about Stevie. She looked really down. I mean, she had been there. So Allie and I flanked her on either side. She was really tense throughout the whole thing. Mr. Jackson gave the eulogy. He got so choked up, he seemed almost human. Then he reprimanded the assembled senators, and he sounded like himself again. I looked at Stevie sideways throughout the eulogy. She looked so sad and frightened. Her face was taut and drawn. I wanted to comfort her, but I didn't know how. At the reception, Stevie said she wanted to go home, so we all left. She went to bed and slept for a couple of hours. She says she's going back to work tomorrow. Mom and Dad exchanged worried looks. September 11th, 2018. When I came home from school today, Allie was there. One look at her face informed me something had happened. It's nothing like that, she said, correctly interpreting the look on my face. Stevie just fainted, that's all. I mean, that's not all, she hastily amended. She's in the hospital again, but she's not hurt or anything. They're just keeping her for examination. Overnight? I think so. Well, let's go see her. Allie and I both have our licenses now. No, Dad said to stay put. He and Mom are there now. What was happening to our family? Now I know what Jackie meant when she said in the wake of the assassinations that they're killing Kennedys, which means my children are next. We had dinner. Neither of us felt much like eating, but it was the normal thing to do. Dad called while we were doing the dishes and said that Stevie was being discharged, again, in a few hours, and they'd bring her home. So we're waiting up for them just to make sure she's all right. September 12th, 2018. Stevie and the parents came home in the wee hours of the morning. They were surprised to find Allie and me dozing on the couch. Stevie was touched, or sounded like she was. We didn't get to talk to her much, but Dad just sounded aggravated and sent us all off to bed. This was comforting because when Dad yells, it is kind of our signal that everything is back to normal. We went upstairs to squeeze in a few hours of sleep before school. Well, Allie only has an afternoon class. I don't think Stevie went to bed at all, claiming she had slept all afternoon in the hospital. I don't know where Dad went, but Mom took up residence on the vacated couch. She was still asleep when I came down for breakfast. Stevie made me pancakes before I left for school. I wish she worked somewhere safe. I wish we lived somewhere safe. September 20th, 2018. Mr. Jackson is still upset over losing June. Well, who wouldn't be? I didn't know her personally, but from all accounts, she sounded like a force to be reckoned with. Montgomery once wrote, have you ever noticed what a large number of good people die? It's really quite tragic. How come no bad people die? Facetiousness aside, Stevie, who didn't know June all that long, or get along with her all that well, is equally bummed out, if not more so.
We were all having dinner. Stevie was talking about June. It's almost like I was her. She was my. Like you were the Greer Kadetsky to her Faith Frank? I asked. They all looked at me. Did I get the reference wrong? I asked, helping myself to more bread. Because it wouldn't be the first time. Well, listen to this one, Stevie asked when she found her tongue. There was a lively sparkle in her eyes that made me congratulate myself on getting her to forget about June for two minutes. When did you even read the female persuasion? I bet he just read the Coles notes, Allie said. I don't think they have Coles notes for that yet, Stevie mused. Well, then he probably just read the Amazon reviews. Wallitzer's kind of the it girl on the literary scene these days, I said. You kind of had to you kind of have to read her stuff, especially if you're art critic for the Monroe Gazette. Stevie whistled. Sweet. How long has this been going on? Just this semester. The rest of the family looked equally impressed. I kind of wished I'd divulged this little tidbit earlier. Stevie seemed much more like her usual self. Nice, she commended me. So what did you think of it? The book, I mean. I shrugged. It didn't move me, I said. Read too much like an autobiography. Yeah? Stevie seemed intrigued. She leaned forward in her seat. How come? I hadn't realized she'd be this interested. I hastily marshaled my long-forgotten reaction. It had been a while. For starters, I didn't care for the long recitation of books the protagonist had read, I said. It wasn't the most effective way to illustrate her lifelong love affair with the written word. If I wanted to read a list of books, I'd look at the library catalog. Secondly, that whole shy person de Nouémont irritated me. I know the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth, but it's not like shy people are any more virtuous than the rest of us. Shy people are not saints, they're just shy people. And like the rest of us, they're going to do good stuff and they're going to do bad stuff. So she lied about a letter. It's not the worst thing a person has ever done. Public shaming felt too extreme for that kind of misdemeanor. And as for the betrayed friend, I think, you know, yeah, it wasn't her most shining moment, but it was a long time ago. So either accept her apology and move on, or don't forgive her and move on. But either way, you have to move on, and it is best done without a lengthy spiel on how disappointed you are in a member of the shy community, or calling her a fake shy person. Shy people are still people. We're all just people. I had run out of breath and words by this time, so I helped myself to a drink of water. My family hadn't been speaking. They had just been listening to my long-winded monologue, so I couldn't imagine why they would be out of breath. They didn't say anything for a few seconds, and I couldn't imagine why, because trust me, nobody in this family stays silent for very long. Stevie eventually spoke. Well, listen to this one, she said again. I attempted not to look too pleased with myself. Stevie's pretty smart. I'd say she's the smartest of us all, parent company accepted. And praise from her is praise you can take to the bank. I guess I'll have to read it sometime, Allie agreed. Or maybe I'll just read your review. Faith and Greer didn't make it up in the end, did they? Allie, Stevie asked. No, but she did make some headway with her parents, I said. That, recon- that reconciliation counted for a whole lot with me. Classic introvert-extrovert conflict. I wish I'd had more time with June, Stevie said. I didn't know it was going to be the last time. I know what you mean, I said. I mean, I know it's selfish, but she hesitated. I just wish I could have shown her that I am so much more than my connections. She gestured at mom. I mean, I have more value to add than just my family tree. There's more to me than the people to whom I'm related. Mom squeezed Stevie's hand. People will see that, honey, she said. Give them time.
If it helps, I know what you're going through, I said. I've been arts critic for two weeks, and I still can't decide if Gina actually likes my reviews or if she's keeping tabs on me as a favor to her old man, the good senator being a strong a strong proponent of the adage, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Stevie blinked at me. Senator Morihone? she asked. Yeah, I confirmed. You really think Gina's spying on mom through you for her dad? Well, he was grilling me pretty hard at her sweet 16, I said. About what? Whether mom was going to make a bid for the presidency. Seriously? Stevie spluttered. What did you say? Mom asked. That I didn't know, I said. Which, among other things, had the added merit of being true. Mom shook her head. I can't believe anyone would use their kids like that, she fretted. Mom, not everyone is as noble and disinterested. Mom, not everyone is as noble and disinterested and above the fray as you are, I informed her. Did I just detect a compliment in there? She asked, amazed. Three, by my count, Dad said. Senior year just started and it's already making me crazy, I admitted. Just wait till college, Ali said. It's a whole new ballgame. Wait till you enter the workforce, Stevie added her two cents. It's even worse. Mom and Dad exchanged glances, trying not to look smug and not succeeding very well. Doesn't it bug you? Stevie asked. What? The whole Gina thing, not knowing whether you got in on your own merit. I shrugged. Used to, I said. I'm over it now. How? She raised her eyebrows. I shrugged again. The important thing is to get your foot in the door. My phone started ringing. I glanced at it and saw that it was Gina. Listen, I have to take this, I said, rising from the table. But Stevie, you gotta hang in there. I clapped her on the shoulder and she coughed. You've gotta beat the system. Don't let the system beat you. I answered my phone. Yo, Gina. All right, take it down an octave. I'm sure it's salvageable. As I went upstairs to talk Gina down, the print edition goes to bed tomorrow and a whole bunch of staff had yanked their articles, citing creative differences with editor-in-chief Morihone. I heard Stevie ask the rest of the family, Okay, who was that?